0: i would say do the emotional intelligence course (laughs) i really would you learn so much from it i would say use your mentor we've got so so lucky i was thinking about this the other day we're so lucky that we are given a mentor to work with i was thinking how i would have survived especially the past three months or so without a mentor helping me guiding me um sending me tips all sorts of things it's just an amazing resource to have that mentor to work with. It really, really is.
1: So today I'm introducing one of our Reboot learners who is very much shifting from good to great. She has been working relentlessly in developing herself through her learning and development. She's doing some fantastic mentoring sessions with with one of our wise old sages in the background and she's applying all of this great stuff to her quest for the best job ever and her approach to her ILM qualifications. She is the one and only Amber Asher. So thank you, Amber, for coming along today and i would love it if you could share a few things about yourself for whoever is listening
0: hi lou so um yeah i I live in northumberland on the coast personal life live my own two children and um do a lot of sea swimming and walking as well i like to be outdoors i like like to be engrossed in nature it keeps me sane career-wise it's been quite interesting (laughs) I think that's probably the right way to, to uh, phrase it. Um, up until about three years ago, I was, um, I'd was i done five years in a company, um, but I felt I'd come to a bit of a dead end with them. So um, I started looking around for a new role and um, hindsight maybe foolishly jumped for the first thing that was offered to me that ticked, seemed to tick all my boxes, but maybe didn't investigate it fully. Um, so from that one, I jumped into that role realised within about four weeks when they put a tender on my desk in the first day to complete and um, it probably wasn't going to be the right place for me so um, I quickly uh, moved on probably again a bit too quickly moved on to um, another role um, and lasted about a year there and about the due sort of about nine months into the role after having four different line managers nine months into the role um i got introduced to mike as a as a mentor he and my confidence had dropped quite massively at this point in terms of or maybe i should have just stayed where i was in that company where i was doing really well um, i'd had a long long term as well respected and well thought of um So, so like I said, my confidence dropped quite rapidly in that particular role. So when Mike came on board and I was talking to him about how I was feeling about the role, he started to actually boost my confidence up again And that I was actually good in what I did and the way I thought and my values and processes were good. Um, But perhaps, perhaps there might be a mismatch in terms of organisational culture and my values. So that that I found really quite um, eye-opening and it absolutely helped me, Um, possibly led to me being a little bit more um, um, outspoken at work, which possibly led to them getting rid of me (laughs) in (laughs) September, (laughs) which I'm laughing about now, but it was quite a stressful experience on that side of things, so, um, yes, and since September, I've had a lot of time um looking for new jobs, but actually taking a step back to think, what are my values, where am I going? What can I do to improve my um what can I do to improve my situation? what 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 job do I want to do, and actually what what com- what sort of company do I want to work for as well.
1: That, see for me, listening to that that's brilliant that's the That's the golden thread in it. that's the Willy Wonka golden ticket there because if you can get to a place or if we can all get to a place where we're actually making these you know big decisions on our future based on our values and our identity, that's kind of like the job done in it. you know you can't get to a better place than that, regardless of what comes. Really, that's what we're all looking for, that connection to our values and to our our, our inner, you know, our internal compass. Yeah,
0: um, I think yeah, you, you're
1: right. Oh, I, I've got so many good... I'm talking over you there, Amber, and sorry, sorry. for that. Um, and I've got loads of, We've got loads of questions. We've got some fantastic stuff there to talk about. I'm excited. Um, there's lots of stuff out there in the in the media lots of new books out there at the moment they're all about connecting to identity and living our life in accordance with identity and purpose so I like that as a thread how have you how have you um how has your mentor helped you to get to that point okay so
0: um it's It's been good to work with a mentor that's had a lot of experience in this, not, not in the same industry, but um, in a similar realm. So the initially what Mike did was he helped me, um, just gave me some guidance around competencies in a work environment. And it was almost giving me some sales training. Um, that's my background. So he was giving me some sales training which I hadn't had and I hadn't had for a really long time. So that was a really good starting point. And then obviously things developed where I needed a little bit more um, high levels input. So he's um, in terms of tapping into my mentor, he's been, had a lot of phone calls with him, (laughs) many phone calls um, and sometimes uh, two or three times a month, I'll be speaking with Mike, um, especially when I did lose my job because I needed a lot of support at that time. And he was really willing to pick up and help, help out, and just give me a little bit of a boost and calm me down at times as well. Um, so that was really, really helpful. But in times, in terms of like my my values and trying to understand where they are, he's, I think he's just kept me on the right path instead of me doubting myself and thinking that I don't fit, he's kept me on the right path and kept me, almost steered me. I steered the right way. He's almost steered me in the to, to keep my confidence up and that I am aiming for the right things. And actually what, what happened was I was, when I first lost my job, I was applying for anything, anything at all, thinking I've just got to get a new job. But actually, I I took some time to step back after speaking with Mike and thinking about values and competencies. And I thought to myself, actually, I'm selling myself short here. I'm absolutely selling myself short. And this isn't where I want to go. And then a little bit more thought around, I can't go back into the situation I was in. I was miserable in that role, absolutely miserable doing that particular role. Um, for for, for a a variety of reasons which I've I've thought about. But I I was unhappy. So it was nice just to take that step back with some guidance from Mike and steering me in the right direction that I was heading along the right lines and not to sell myself short. And every time I spoke to him about the things that I was doing to try and get myself a new job... Um, He's he just kept reassuring me saying, you're doing all the right things and you will get the right role at the right time. And it will all fall into place because you are doing absolutely everything right, which actually sometimes that's all you need to hear to get your confidence going. Um, especially if you maybe you've had some interviews and you haven't got callbacks or you've had interviews and got second place or as has happened this year this year's been a nightmare uh, for many reasons but it's been a nightmare because having first interviews second lockdown came along and everything got put on hold till the new year so it's a little bit it has been a bit soul-destroying but having Mike there as my cheerleader going you're doing the right thing you are going in the right direction you will get the right role for you and so that that's that's helped massively.
1: I know Mike and he'd look nice in a cheerleader. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm hoping he's going to listen to this. So, (laughs) so there's some really good stuff in there and I'm picking up on the, uh, I've I've been in this situation myself once upon a time when I, I, I quit a job. So I quit a great job and um, I was full of bravado for about three days. And then I went home and thought, Oh, Oh, Flipping out! I better get another job quick, you know. And you know that internal panic button goes off, doesn't it? And then mm-hmm. another job came up. And on paper and technically, it is kind of like the best job you've ever had on paper. Mm-hmm. But actually, you rock up, you give it your best shot, and after a couple of weeks, the the smoke and mirrors are, uh, uh, you know, all of that has moved to one side, and you're left with the reality of hang on a minute, this doesn't doesn't work with my values. I don't fit. And um, because I don't fit, then your inner rebel starts to um, talk to you a bit louder than it's ever chatted to you before. So I can really relate to that. And I am guessing here, I could be very wrong, but I have a hunch that I might be right, that some of the listeners that are going to listen to this conversation are going to think, do you know what? I'm in exactly that situation right now or I was six months ago or this year has given me that situation on steroids, you know, because, we, we you know, things are changing at such a dramatic rate that, that we're making decisions because we think, God, I don't want to eat beans on toast for the rest of my life. I want to put a decent meal on the table and make sure my kids are sorted for Christmas, et cetera, et cetera. That's that's how we're engineered, aren't we, us humans in the UK? So I really relate to it. And there's so many emotional threads attached to that. And and so I wondered whether I could kind of like rewind you to some of your background. And, and you're a mum, aren't you? You've got two yes. kids. So could you say a little bit about that and set the scene for us?
0: Yeah, so my background is... So, so I'll probably go back to... Um, when reboot, when reboot was first launched in two thousand seventeen, and um, I came along, um, probably not a very good place actually, where I was personally in two thousand seventeen. So um, I came along and was sort of quite excited about the journey, but very quickly realised I probably wasn't um, in my frame of mind, especially doing um, the the wheel we did the wheel where you fill in your values and um, where you sit and it we hit the personal life one. And I just went, can't even talk about this. I can't even talk. I can't, I don't even want to mention this to anybody. Um, and and I, even that was a bit of an eye opener. Um, and I know Lou and I would talk before and I've said to myself, I've said to her, I wasn't in the place to learn then. I really wasn't in the place to learn. It was, it was great, but I, my head wasn't in that space for learning. Um, there was, um, too much going on to Mm -hmm. be able to do that um but I've uh, I've come through that now thankfully Uh, bounced back beautifully um and I was uh, a part of what I've been doing um over the past couple of months where I haven't been working is I've been working through some of the online courses that Um, reboot I've put on so the the one I found probably the most eye-opening was the emotional intelligence one and I'd almost say if you're going to do anything do this course if you don't do anything else just do the emotional intelligence course I learned so much from it Um, and it was very it was just a bit of an eye-opener and it almost, it's almost like the baseline for anything else that you do with Reboot as well on that, on that side of, uh, f- for me, from my understanding of it, that's, I found it really, really eye-opening and it was nice to be in a place where I could absorb new information and actually want to do something with it as well and develop myself and, Following on from that, I've now started the resilience course and I think I might have started the networking and relationships course as well. They're sort of running on the path at the moment. I'm doing it all.
1: She's getting <laughs> it done. And I'm loving it. She's already using the word bounce back. So that's good. That's a sign yeah. that the resilience learning is, is creeping in there. Um, but but um, So put that the reboot stuff to one side mm-hmm. for a moment. Aside from that and in parallel to that, what changed so something changed in your world in your life that enabled you to go okay so now it's time for learning again what was that that turning point i i, th- I think
0: part of it was actually not having a job and not having the stress of my my job's really full on so um, in terms of my background i'm an account manager account director And most of the time I was, before pre-COVID, I was traveling up and down the country, spending one to two nights away from home every week. So juggling that, as well as two children, um, they're aged now 11 and 17, but I pretty much juggled a full-time job and two children for the past four, five years on my own. So it's um, it's been quite stressful to actually create that downtime or that, that um, space so you can learn I've just not had it at all that's part of it was having the time but the other part is just the feeling of being settled and calm yes I lost my job but actually I've got I've got a nice home I've got a nice group of friends I've got a supportive partner I've got the I've and I, I I think I follow my values at home in terms of I know I need to be engulfed in nature to be able to, to, to keep my soul calm, to keep myself calm and just to feel, uh, what's the word just to feel it's just something I need (laughs) it's it's part of my existence if I don't feel engulfed in nature walking sea swimming whatever form it takes then my soul's not happy I'm not internally my values aren't happy I know I need that so I make sure I create space for that now yeah this is a conscious decision
1: there's some fantastic stuff in there because today's you know podcast has gone out is Kerry Williams talking exactly about that you know how can we do something small little fulfilling Mm. that's connected to nature that's about walking that's about breathing that's about drinking water all of those really basically talks about you know these are free things they don't Mm. cost us anything and you're just describing that beautifully and sometimes we need to go back to that to reconnect with right this is who I, who I am. Mm-hmm. I've forgotten who I am in the middle of all that stress and chaos. And I'm coming back now stronger than ever. Um, I've I've teed up my values. I know, I know what my identity is. And actually, you know, an identity discussion and podcast is another session in its own right, because it's a massive subject, but um, you know, I think as a mum maybe we need to have a um, a group mother's chat at some point but I think as a mum with two children that you're dealing with at the ages that you've got as well you're still trying to be the best version of a mother the best version of a breadwinner and and have your own journey and your own emotions as well so big remit that you've had.
0: Yeah, it has been. Um, I I did have some life coaching over the summer as well, because I used to feel so bad. And this, I know this will resonate with not just mums, but parents, carers out there. I used to feel so bad about taking time for myself when I felt I was away during the week anyway. So anytime I took for myself, I'd feel guilty about taking that time. But what I've realised is for me, that time makes me me and makes me a better parent it makes me a better employee and if I don't take those times I'm just running I'm just chaos and carnage so that's actually it feels like a selfish thing to do but it's it's not and I think um that to me has been was quite an important lesson to myself and actually I go to the gym as well and that to me it feels selfish that I'm taking that time out to do it because I'm not with my children I'm not not tending to their needs but actually tending to your own needs is equally as important as well and that that's been quite enlightening for me as well Is just to get to go get rid of the guilt um i refer to it as my mummy guilt <laughs> so i've got rid of my mummy guilt because mm-hmm. it well it's still there but I, I beat it down a little bit more and just go. Actually, taking time for myself is really highly important, and that's why I will go see swimming. I will go to the gym, and I will go out walking.
1: Yeah, and and it, if this is helpful to yourself or anyone listening, and it's certainly always helpful to me when I hear this, is there, there's an activity that we run on some of our training programs with with other clients, and we've worked with this activity for years. And we keep it in because it gets massive results. And we get young people reflecting on uh, they get to choose a significant person in their life that's made a difference to them and, and who they are uh, and help them to become the the person that they are today. And whenever we ask that question, more often than not, 90% of the time, these young people tend to choose a parent or a mentor and when they choose the parent i could probably you know write down right now what that paragraph includes and it will be things like i my mum is a complete legend because every single day she went to work she worked really hard she took us out into the outdoors into nature so they will list all the things that are important to you being you um and and they they don't love their parents their their parents are not icons to them because they've stayed at home and done nothing and made them a, a nice meal their parents are these role models because they've worked hard they they wanted to create a better life for their kids and for themselves so keep doing what you're doing cuz 90% of the people i listen to say that's what they want
0: <laughs> that's nice that's that, that's helpful to hear i know um i know i really want my children to have a huge sense of adventure my um, my early childhood was spent totally abroad and a lot of my teen years spent in the middle east so i really want them to have that sense of adventure and do think do unusual things
1: yeah
0: so i'm hoping to instill it's it's a little bit difficult at the moment <laughs> um but i'm hoping to instill that sense of adventure in them I, for example like this summer we went co-steering and it, we didn't pay somebody to do that that's just something we do on our own <laughs> so <laughs> just go jump in the sea so that that's sort of that's that's what I'm trying to set them out in terms of like expectations of life. It's not about sitting in and watching Coronation Street and um it's it's about being out there and experiencing the environment that that you've got and I'm so lucky that I have it on my doorstep. I have, um, so but just just taking that and 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 planning adventures and just having that adventurous spirit. I really, really want them to
1: have that. Yeah, and so while we're on this outdoors subject, let's talk about wetsuits or not. And um, it's a definite no-no for you. And I know this is we're talking about the North Sea now, and your Mm. ventures into the North Sea. So, do you want to say a little bit about that? Yes. So, I've
0: played with it for years and years and years, just going. Oh, I want to. I want to see swim I want to see swim. And I played with it. And up until, and I was swimming in the sea last year. When I say swim, I need to define the sea swimming part. I don't really swim in it. I sort of float and I bob in the waves. And if the waves are really rough, we jump in the waves. But you definitely don't catch me doing front crawl in the sea. That's not what I do. So I, um, when I go in, I. Um, I went in last January in my swimming costume, and I lasted two minutes and got straight out again. And went, this, no, I'm not doing this again. Um, but it's just it calls me. I can see it from my, I can see it out my window. <laughs> um, so it calls me, and I keep going. Oh, and then in May this year, a friend of mine was going in a lot, so I thought, I'll, I'll just, I'll go in in my wetsuit. So I started going in in my wetsuit in May, and then actually, uh, I was going in after the after the swim take my wetsuit off and go in after the after the wetsuit swim in my swimming costume and then I got so fed up and it's just pure laziness that this happened I got so fed up of cleaning wetsuits after I've been in the sea I just thought I'm just gonna go in, in my costume it's much easier it's much I just it's just a swimming costume rather than a wetsuit and all the paraphernalia with that so it was laziness that inspired this idea and then by the end of May I'd gone, do you know what? I'm going to try and do this without a wetsuit for 12 months. So since May, I have been going in in the North Sea. I try and go in two to three times a week um in my swimming costume I was not a bikini until relatively recently but the waves weren't it wasn't fun with the waves <laughs> it could be a bit embarrassing at times and I have a swimming costume that I go in in um and I go there's a group of us um up here I'm not the only crazy person there's a group of us that go in um all, always following water safety guidelines and things like that and never swim not in the winter I wouldn't swim on my own in the winter either there's too many things that could happen even if it's like a mill pond hypothermia is always a thing that you're thinking Mm. about but um so the sea swimming is I'm going in this afternoon in fact the sea swimming is just great there's a couple of things from it you get friendships that I would never have made friends with these people um and but also that's part of it the social side of it and it's been quite hard to be social this year so mm-hmm. hot chocolate and a cake by the beach afterwards is always good um, the other side is and it's what i went what i've mentioned before around just being completely immersed in nature yeah the walking's brilliant as well. You can be up on the hills and you're, you're, you're seeing the views, you're walking, you've got the weather in your face, it can be rain, it can be snowing. You can feel that all. But there's something about sea swimming where you're just completely and utterly engrossed in the nature and you've got freezing. I think the water's about eight degrees at the moment. It's cold. So actually anything else that's going on in your mind has to clear out because you go into your – this is survival mode almost – so yeah you've got the survival mode kicking off you've got you've got geese flying over the top of you you've got crabs biting your toes you've got jellyfish that you've got to avoid in the summer there's all sorts of things that you're having to think about and seeing and um i've been i went one of my trips was seal swimming up on the farne islands over the so we went in and did actually wear a wetsuit for that it's cold out there we wore wetsuits for that, um, but swimming with loads and loads of seals just bobbing up and down around us at the Farn Islands this summer was a really good experience. It's been really good for, uh, like I say, I don't use it as an exercise. For me, I think it's almost verging on mindfulness, the reason why I go in the sea, and it's just such a fantastic thing to do. But also afterwards you're so cold and the endorphins that kick in afterwards you you, you're just on this really chilled I would say high but it's not it's something a little bit more chilled than a high afterwards but the feeling of well-being it's it's a feeling of well-being the feeling of well-being you get afterwards is amazing might be the cakes as well afterwards but who knows
1: yeah I'm hearing that vitality in your Mm. uh, I can see your face on the screen and other people won't see that but the 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 calm and the mix of the enthusiasm on your face for it, um, and what I'm I'm noticing in chatting to more and more people as well, that they are making that migration into nature because it is the contrast to the more digital technological world that we've had to exist within. So in order to have contact at the moment, we've got to get a camera, a, a, an audio video. We've got to get all that stuff rigged up just to communicate effectively. So and because that's now the norm for us all, we're looking at ways in which we can migrate from that to the contrast. And the contrast is that lovely, uh, that world of vitality that is waiting and looking at you out of your window and calling you for this afternoon's dip so uh, yeah and i'm hearing more and more people talking about that
0: yes yeah it's um it's definitely grown um whether it's because people have been more home-based i know when i was traveling the length and breadth of the country looking after customers and going to meetings and things i would always see on my facebook page all these swim swimmers coming up and i was going i was i was going I really want to do that. I really want to. I really don't want to be sitting in this office building. <laughs> mm. I want to be out sea swimming. So I think part of that is what's pushed me to do it is actually I've got the opportunity to do it now. So I'm going to make sure I jump and use that opportunity because I will have to get a new job at some point, and the the uh, the play time will come to an end. But um, I'm really making sure I'm seizing those opportunities to to uh, to to be completely engrossed in nature. And I think you're absolutely right. And the about the uh, natural environment being quite inspiring and more people needing to go for it. I don't know if it's this year because people have been home and I know I've seen a few of my ex-colleagues and friends on LinkedIn posting around Wow, I didn't realize this was on my doorstep, so people have been forced out into their locality to see what's on their doorstep and been absolutely amazed by it and taken on a whole new wow, let's go walking we've never walked before so and that's been quite good to see as well. so I think part of it one of the positives yeah from from the whole pandemic is is that people have actually taken time to appreciate the home environments a little bit more
1: yeah, I'm certainly hearing that in in hearing your story today. I'm sat here reflecting on. There's so much great stuff that has come out of this year, but it might take some people more than a year to get their head around the fact that there is the great stuff, you know. Mm. Um, I'm certainly hearing some fantastic things that have come out of this year. So, okay, so I they, we, we've got, we've had a great chat already, but I want to talk about the future now and I want to talk about future-proofing. So you've got this fantastic melting pot of experiences that have been part of your working life to date you know you now know completely what you don't want Mm -hmm. in terms of job and you are more connected to that concept of uh, values-based decisions Um, this is my identity this is me this is what I bring to the table and um, and these are the criteria I need to meet and if that doesn't work, then I'm not taking the job. So, and I know we've had separate conversations about that. Um, quite inspiring. They're really empowering thought processes. So, and, and you are preparing for a job as we speak. Yes. So I wondered whether you could sum up for us. So, um, you know what you don't want? You're future proofing. You're getting ready. What are you now taking to the table for new job opportunities that you weren't taking before?
0: So I think, like you said, I know what I don't want and I know how I can't work and I know what will make me miserable and therefore stressed and then that impacts on my family and um, no matter how much money I'm offered, I wouldn't go down that route again. Um, So what i'm taking is the fact i've had a chance to look at my values and what's important to me so that that's one thing i've taken from this time out that i've had um also thinking around how, what works best for my family as well um however there's also a conversation which i had um with my mentor um, which was around actually taking maybe taking finding the perfect job. It might be a lower salary. Bearing in mind, I work in sales, so this usually got a commission element to it. And I had a long conversation around that actually, if you free take the, you take a lower salary, you free the stress out of your brain to be able to work. Or, so you're and with the emotional intelligence course, this sort of fell in really well. So you stop working on this like um, what was. Uh, You work on this um, fact that you're not dealing in a stress mode all the time. Actually, you're going to be a hell of a lot more productive than when you're working in a maybe higher paid job, but you're not enjoying it. So you're you're constantly stressed. So this is one of the things I think is, and again, going back to those values for those companies have got to work for me as well as me working for them. I've got to fit into their culture too, because it doesn't work if you don't, as I have proved twice now.
1: when you to just to talk about because we talked about <clears throat> values generically if I asked you right now Amber what are your top two or three values things that you know fundamentally about yourself Um I my family's
0: really really important I think that's a, t- a top value um and um I've got to be able to balance work and home life as well that's really important to me and I don't think it's anything more than anybody else, but I think it's just having that chance to realise that it's not all about money and going out and having a big job with a big kudos associated with it. It's more about getting those things aligned for me and getting that that um, that way of life or that that way of working um, yeah. associated and, and working for a company that values that balance as well as opposed to having me sort of travel all over the country for the sake of traveling all over the country as has happened in the past so
1: yeah I think it's a a a bit of a naughty question because I know I made you think there I could see that look on your face they cheers for asking me that but (laughs) uh, you might get asked that in an interview that's the type of cruel question I would ask if I I was interviewing someone but for me if it that's almost like a, a little bit of self Practice, isn't it? So we're on our way to the interview, although we're not traveling anywhere anymore. But while we're sat at our desk at home for half an hour before we go live on that screen in that interview, these are the kind of things that we should be saying to ourselves. The the, the notes that we should have that you know are post-it on the desk next to us. So stay true to these things. If these things cannot be Um, addressed or ticked off then guess what maybe there's something there's a message in there that I need to pay attention to so for you it's family it's about creating balance in your life and knowing that your lifestyle fits like a jigsaw into that next role that comes your way and that the company that you work for equally value you for those things yeah absolutely
0: I think as well one of the things that i've just thought of is and again it was a talk with mike around this is is actually and it's doing a swot analysis on every role as well yeah. and that that that's actually what i've started doing to, in fact when i've got any decisions to make now work career personal life i've started doing a swot analysis on it which sounds a bit um uh, subscriptive almost but actually it seems to work really well because I seem to be they seem to like asking a lot of interviewers seem to like saying what are your strengths and weaknesses Um I don't always get the point of these questions but I have actually done a SWOT analysis now to be able to go these are my strengths these are my weaknesses as well Um and but even for particular roles when I'm applying for Individual roles. I'm doing a SWOT analysis on the company and what I almost from two points of view what I can bring for them, but what they what works for me as well. What what's what's good around that particular role. So it's almost doing two two SWOT analyses.
1: Yeah, I like that, and that I think that's a brilliant tip for anyone who's listening. As again, who is planning or thinking about that change and and going through that interview process. What have I done on myself? So, what? Who cares? What am I bringing to the table? Warts and all. And then also, what am I hyper aware of that that company brings to the table? Warts and all. And can I make the two things work? And that then links straight back into that emotional intelligence piece Mm -hmm. and that awareness. Once we have that awareness, that equals the empowerment. We're empowered to make those decisions. They're not being made for us. We're yeah, not and it's used. sorry, and it's
0: not, an it's not an emotional decision either. You're actually being a little bit objective. There, there is some emotion involved. There's always going to be some emotion involved, but it's being aware of those emotions and you, it's objectifying it slightly as well. Just do, doing it in that particular way yeah. as well.
1: Because you and and this is like my final question now. I think we've, you know we we're summing up lovely. Um, and I think because you you are so experienced, you've been around a few blocks on the work scene. You do know what you want and what you don't want. And um, what are the in summary, what are the the top tips from Amber around putting yourself out there and getting that job right now? You mentioned values; we've ticked that box. What what else? Um, I would say, do the emotional intelligence course.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I really would. You learn so much from it. I would say, use your mentor. We've got so, so lucky. I was thinking about this the other day. We're so lucky that we are given a mentor to work with. I was thinking how I would have survived, especially the past three months or so, without a mentor helping me, guiding me, um, sending me tips all sorts of things. That, um, that it's just an amazing resource to have that mentor to work with. It really, really is. And just use them because they're they're such experienced people that can that can help you and guide you, or or just like say the boost your confidence that you are you are actually good at what you do. Because my confidence was absolutely trashed not that long ago. Um, so I'd, I'd do that, and I'd say as well. Um, any decisions do a SWOT
1: analysis (laughs) (laughs) good brilliant nice summary and finally this is a techie question now so given that we're going to be doing these interviews on screen or over the phone or on Skype whatever technology platform have you got any little slivers of advice for that and
0: what oh do. for, for doing in so for doing the interviews i would say for the techie side the practicality side of yeah. things to see if you can get somebody who can do a test run with the yeah. for you first i've had real problems with microsoft teams because i don't have a like a work microsoft account i have got my it just doesn't seem to work without that so um, I've I've struggled with that. So um, it's just having those, and I would say don't do it two minutes beforehand as well. I, I think I failed on an interview because I tried to go in on Teams. It didn't work, and then I was really flustered that I was. It ended up being ten minutes late to the interview, and um, and and. And we had to, it wasn't face to face either then, we had to do a phone interview and actually I like to see how people are reacting to know how I then need to be able to respond to them or if I've lost them at a point I can usually tell if I'm looking at them. So um, if you haven't got that key and you're just doing it by telephone it's really difficult. So I would say embrace the technology. I'd also say in terms again really practical if you're doing interviews over video is dress for an interview as well I nearly wore my Christmas jumper on Friday for an interview very nearly and then the last minute decision went really bad idea remember be professional <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then you got on the screen and they were all in their Christmas jumpers <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> um, if in doubt dress up that's always been my key yeah, yeah. if in doubt dress up
1: yeah Good, brilliant tips there, and um, I, I, I'm going to bring this this conversation to a close, Amber. Unfortunately, I think though there is some fantastic stuff in there. There's some, we've got some practical tips, advice. We've got ideas on how we can work closer and more practically with our mentors, get them working with us and for us, mm-hmm. and how embracing nature is the golden. the the ticket really to freeing ourselves up a little bit and reconnecting to what we are, who we are and what the future holds so I cannot thank you enough for giving up your time join me tomorrow learners when I will be finalising that wonderful conversation with Martin Fricker we'll be concluding the end of the tale that we started out with um, on episode one of this 12 gifts of christmas podcast so tune in press play and i'll see you there